for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who know that Delta 8 is not a flight number. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast Senior Bowl Day 1 wrap-up. We're back. We have a big day of uh, Senior Bowl practice to cover, and we will get right into that. But first, there is breaking big news that we want to talk about because... Important, important to Lions fans. Our one and only offensive coordinator, Big Bad Johnson Power, Ben Johnson, stays in Detroit as our offensive coordinator. Uh, it's a big load off of people's minds, a big bunch of work and change that people were nervous about that we don't have to worry about. We've got the man back who's been able to architect and engineer this offense in concert with Coach Campbell and Jared Goff and uh, other people in the uh, in the front office, but to get us to the NFC Championship game in just three years. And it's great that he's coming back. So the logistics of this today, as it broke down, was that the Washington Commanders were flying to Detroit for the second interview with Ben Johnson. We have confirmed with other people that he did, in fact, have a standing offer to be their head coach. It was more money than what Dan Campbell is being paid to coach the Lions. Got that, got that reliably told to us today, and Ben Johnson wants to stay in Detroit. Did not. Uh, so we had both um, been informed that the, there was a, some waffling going on in the Johnson camp. Like, oh, maybe, maybe he will take it. Because, uh, you know, at, at first it was kind of uncertain, and then, you know, Washington put on the hard sell. He was clearly Washington's top choice, and... Uh, for the second year in a row, Ben Johnson has decided to stay as the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions instead of taking a head coaching job elsewhere. Has and chosen Detroit. And that's, that's, yeah. that's the key. He chose to stay because yeah. he could have left had he wanted to. Uh, yeah. Last year to Carolina, this year to Washington. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's great news. And, you know, it, like you said, the situation was fluid. And uh, right after the show on, on Wednesday, the folks in our Slack know we got – New information from sources saying, well, hold on, check that, guys, because here's what we know. And uh, they heard that night that very quickly after that show, we kind of flipped what we said. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a show until Sunday, so we talked about it in the postgame show. But uh, these situations, man, it's crazy. It, the, to, to, to walk away from that money like that, I think that tells people right now about Ben Johnson, about his belief, about who he is, what he wants, and where his head is at. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward right now as to what Ben's after and what, what, what his mindset is. There's some unfinished business and he doesn't want to leave it that way. He's very, he, we have known this for a while and, and everybody, most everybody in Lions Land knows this. He really enjoys working with Jared Goff. He enjoys working under Dan Campbell. They're giving him all the resources he could ask for. Uh, he's given pretty free reign to be as creative as he wants to be. And that's, that's his calling card. He's a tremendously, you know, creative guy, you know, smart guy creates spacing on the field has an offensive line that he can work with um, that, that allows him to and facilitates things that he wants to do. Uh, he's got a great here and he realized that. And you know, I do happen to think that Washington is a decent job. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot it of, maybe there's a lot of upward growth with that, but he's for, for a variety of reasons. He's, he's happier being in Detroit. 
being the, the the offensive coordinator, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. I mean, aside from us, you know, having a partisan view of we wanted to keep him, um, you know, not everybody aspires to be a head coach. Some people just like where they're at and don't want to rock that. He's one of them. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And um, you know, we we see people; they're good at their job. He comes at things a little bit differently. He's a really smart cat. He's not reactive. He knows he'll get a shot when he does, but. One of the things is, you know, the difference in lifestyle, how much you give up versus how much you get. Yes, the money is life changing, but he's already making life changing money. Right. right. I mean, and likely he's going to be just fine living out the rest of his life. You know, yeah, I think on, he'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's and, and the idea of putting your family at risk, not seeing your family, not being able to spend time with them when you want to. Not even just a reaction to you taking it, but the fact that you want to spend time and you're already spending 18 hours a day as an offensive coordinator in the building. Why would you? Why would you put more at risk? I mean, for more money, sure. But is that really in, in the, the, as we've talked about, is that really in his psyche where he wants young coaches are a little bit of a different breed than the older guys whose, whose kids are out of high school. Right. There's a lot different kind yeah, of lifestyle. Ben is 37. He has a, a five-year-old and a, a, a child that's a under one, born, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, th- this is very clearly a family decision. He took some time to mull this over. You know, <laughs> sorry, Washington, he's ours. Yeah, thanks. And I'll say one thing, too, about Washington. It may well be a good job, but it's not proven yet. You don't know who that owner really is. Yeah, I mean, you got is. new owner, new GM, um, uncertainty at quarterback. The offensive line has some pieces but needs more. Yeah. Defense is kind of fluid. And, you know, that's another thing that as, as the process went along, one of the things that happens when you're interviewing for the coaching positions is they're going to ask you, who, who do you have in mind for your offensive coordinator? Who do you have in mind for your defense coordinator? Who's going to be your quarterback's coach? And like all these other jobs, those jobs are getting filled by maybe guys that he was interested in, in getting from the outside because their seasons are over and ours was still going on and he couldn't really devote time to that. Yep. So in a way, you know, would he have made this decision if the Lions had lost in the first round of the Rams? I don't know, but it's possible. Yeah. It's possible that the timing, you know, the Lions run kept him here. And yeah. I'm good with that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's one thing. I mean, it's an emotional time right now. And I don't think anybody in that locker room walked out of that game in San Francisco and gave up. I've seen a lot of fans on social media that they have, but there's not a lot of, you know, no one in that locker room gave up. No one in that front office in front in that, in that coaching staff gave up. They, they, they feel strongly about the team, the people, what they've built and where they're going. And, you know, like I said, it's a little bit of an emotional time, but I think there's like, you know, to go back to what you said in the beginning, there's unfinished business period. And we're happy that he's going to keep that for at least another year in Detroit. Yeah. Um, and we have not heard yet if there's going to be a contract bump. He's got two he years did, left he did on his last year. year. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's very clearly not about money, um, but who's going to turn down more money? Like right. when to do the same job, why not use that opportunity right. to get more? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't you? Um, and there's he, no cap. He's a smart enough guy. On that. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. So this news broke while Chris and I were at, um, enjoying a hot dog we're, we're, we're eating <laughs> we were eating for the first time all day we were eating stadium hot dogs <laughs> between between the national and american practices at the senior bowl and uh, uh we were actually having a very good conversation with some packers fans that were here yeah and uh i was talking with uh you, chris was talking with them i was talking with ben solek we were actually talking ben and i were about the succession plan of of, of who would take over for him and some guy walked by and he heard us and he, he, he we knew who he was and he's like, "You guys in here, do you?" He's like, "We're like what?" It's like five minutes ago, Schefter tweeted out that 
that Ben Johnson's staying. Yeah. And Ben and I just looked at each other and we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, then we're like, we got to get to work. Scurried <laughs> away. But it was, uh, it was really cool how that happened uh, because, you know, we, we had inklings. Um, those of you who follow me a lot, you know that I like to pre-write things. I had pre-written both on this one because um, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I didn't know. So I wrote that he was leaving and I wrote that he was staying and I just had to fill in details on it. And yeah. uh, I'm happy to publish the, the one that he's staying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's something. Yeah, no, it's, it's great news. And, and, and look, there's no people point at singular plays in the NFC championship game. Um, I guess they should have fired Shanahan last year or, 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 you know, there's a million things that, that, that happened. Nobody's perfect. Ben Johnson got this team to where it is and it's only his second year. Second full yeah, year yeah. As, a, as a coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done great work. The team, the team that's put that stuff together has done great work. And I think next year it will continue to grow and, and expand and be better. And there's more talent available because of the draft. And it's been, uh, it's a good run. I'm excited what the Detroit Lions have. Uh, I'm excited that Ben Johnson's going to stay. I think that means some of the other coaching uh, people will stay, the ones that we want. There's probably still going to be some turnover. Right. There'll be some changes, but I think in, uh, in our world, things will, will look very good for the Detroit Lions to grow and build and be better. Now, one other thing with this is that it's, what, about 519 Central Time? Uh, Four. They still haven't hired anybody in Washington, and Aaron Glenn was also due for a second interview today. Don't know it, how their level of interest in Glenn. I don't know AG's interest in them, but uh, that that's something that we still have to probably consider. Um, yeah. And by the way, Ben Johnson, um, when he's when he's pulled out of this, said also told Seattle, "I'm not. I'm no longer a candidate for your position," yeah. um, which is what he did last year with Indianapolis, Houston, Carolina, and Arizona. Yeah. Um, he told them all no last year. So uh, uh, could be we could still lose AG. That would. That would suck. Yeah. Isn't um, that what a turnaround on AG, man? Yeah. Like people remember after the Seattle game is when the, the clamor about AG started. Oh, get rid of him. Get rid of him. But well, he didn't have a good game. No. Like as a coordinator, he didn't have a good game. But one game it's does not mean. Yeah. And, and let's, I mean, let's be honest. He, he has some talent. other clunkers too. Yeah. He did. But yeah. I think that the, the way he managed a team that doesn't have a single starting outside cornerback on it. And that had the injury issues that they did along the front, the inconsistent play from guys like Josh Pascal and Alex Anzalone and Derek Barnes and <laughs> John Kaminsky. Like, there's some good players there, but they're not always, you know, they're not always your A level players. They they moved around, and when you've got players that are in flux like that, I, I think two things with AG, and we might not have to talk about this because I'm, I don't think he's getting the job, but that's just my opinion. I don't know that. I think the way that he got something out of Iffy. When there was nothing there for two years, two over two years. Yeah. And the fact that he found a way to use that guy in an effective role, that speaks, that speaks pretty well to Aaron John's, uh, Aaron Glenn's ability to coach. The other thing I'll say, and, and you, you were with me with one of these today, and two different people come up to me and say, hey, she's going to be a better head coach than a, than a, a coordinator. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yes, I, I do think that yeah. his leadership, his ability to, to get that group to coalesce together, even though they knew they weren't as talented as some of the teams that they were going against. I think that speaks to his acumen as a coach. And I do want to see what he can do when he has a legitimate number one corner, which hopefully we looked at today and get another pass rusher and maybe get, get another safety over the top because there's, there's some, there's a massive talent golf on the defensive side of the football between what we saw from Detroit 
just in terms of who's on the roster right now yeah. and and San Francisco. Uh, 49ers, they got good players everywhere, man. Like, yeah. A lot of them. Yep. And we, we just don't match up with that. But the fact that we darn near won that game, I think it speaks a lot to how well AG coached what he had. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing, I just want to talk about one other coach before we uh, move into our, our, our wrap on the day. Um, coach Campbell. We had a yeah. conversation last night at the Loda Beer Garden, one of my favorite places here. I was not at this one. <laughs> that was Chris. <laughs> but they were ta- we were talking about the whole kind of meathead narrative on Dan Campbell. And, and oh, he's not smart. He's a dummy and all that. We've said, you know, no, he, he's dumb like a fox. He plays a role, whatever. Like, people underestimate him. The second you do, you, you, get, you get, you know, schnookered. But one question to ask yourself, you know who Bill Parcells is? Did Bill Parcells suffer a fool? Would no. he suffer a fool? Oh, God, no. Sean Payton, would he suffer a fool? Would he promote a fool? Would he put a fool in his side pocket as his, his right-hand man on his team? He will, put a, he will put a fool in the bitch seat. <laughs> yes, yes. That's not where Dan Campbell was. Dan no. Campbell is a very, very smart man, and there's very, very smart people who know that and have treated him as such. If somebody tells you he's dumb, they just don't know. They just don't know. Just don't know. So there you go. Good deal on the coaching staff. We'll hear, hear, we'll, uh, we'll hear what happens with Aaron Glenn. Tomorrow morning, we'll have more interviews, player interviews for you live. Uh, and also, we will uh, we'll do a post-game wrap-up or post-practice wrap-up like we're about to hit right now today. Yes. Interview, day one, wrap-up. Senior Bowl interview, day one. Interview day. Uh, senior Bowl, <laughs> day one, wrap-up. There's just a misspell. I'll just fix we, it. We've been know. up for a while. <laughs> Rise and grind, 4 a.m. today. <laughs> All right, so there we are. We were, let's talk about the senior bowl. I want to just start out. You know who I want to start out with, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> one of the one of the young men that we talked to this afternoon or this morning. There's uh, my goodness, uh, Chris could not contain himself at practice. There is a <laughs> magic in the Detroit Lions podcast interviews here at the Senior Bowl. <laughs> we had Hendon Hooker, right? We, we did. We did that. We did. Um, Cole Strange. Um, um, hey, very good player, by the way. Billings, not Billingsley. Why am I thinking Billingsley? It's Barbara. Um, um, the, the the tight end in the uh, tight end with the Giants. The Giants, yeah. Daniel Bellinger. Daniel Bellinger, thank you. Yes. Uh, another one. Good um, player until he got hurt. Yeah. Good, good player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> boy, did we nail one today with uh, Jackson Powers Johnson. He was nothing but stud out there. We talked about him after after practice. I want to start with how does he fit with the Lions? And I said, Riz, year one, he's a guard. Ragnow may leave. Ragnow may leave. We know he's considering it right now because he's beat up, battered, bruised. We saw the tweets today. Uh, I have a feeling he's staying. I hope he stays. But if so let's just pretend he does. Mm-hmm. This guy comes in as guard for a year. It's that uh, NFL trench practice, and he's your backup center in case Ragnow gets hurt. He played... You know who he was, and he t- he said he he's trained with Sewell. But you know who he was on the field was Panay Sewell. He was it, it, they would block for a pass. It'd be like a ten yard, twelve yard pass downfield and out pattern. He'd catch it and go out of bounds. And there's JPJ. Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> he's the guy closest to the receiver. Hits him on the head. Great job. And they go back and line up. The hustle. The, the, the sportsmanship, this guy really does love football, and he fills a really important spot for us. Like if Jonah's going. Like, Absolutely. Oh, my and, God. And you've got to – you need to watch the interview with him. If you haven't seen it already, it's up on the DLP website um, and YouTube, YouTube page. It's it's well worth your time. The only worry I have with him is that he doesn't last to 29 because uh, he's yeah. – 
probably the best center in this class, and it's not a deep class, and there are some teams up there that need it, but man, just the way, when he sat down and the way we talked to him and the way he answered our questions without ever knowing us and knowing what we were going for, he is so much a Dan Campbell guy. Yeah. He is cut from that cloth, and yeah. y'all know what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> Comfortable as hell being him. Loves yeah. being him. And it was like, look, we, we, we talked to guys. We talked to him, you know, on camera and do interviews, and we talked to him kind of off as well. We don't get a chance to bring him in, but we talked to him. Guys' questions are so often so well rehearsed. And Hooker was a guy who was obviously prepared ahead of time, well-prepared, studied. Yeah. And when he would answer a question, he would answer. It was fluid and all that. But you could just tell he was, in, the script yeah. was going yeah. in his head, yeah. right? Yeah the, yeah, the notes are getting clicked off. I'm, yeah. I'm checking this box. I'm checking this box. Yeah. Not not JPJ, man. He he was just him. He was just himself. And he had answers for every question. What's the toughest question you had in the interview? Like the, 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 Those aren't easy questions to answer, yeah. right? Especially when you know you're under the spotlight. And people are gathered around the interview. I mean, while we were interviewing yeah, these we, guys. We, we, there were people taking pictures of us yeah. interviewing him like this is weird yeah but it was it was it was it was really interesting and this guy is smooth he's fluid he didn't feel rehearsed he felt yeah. absolutely genuine but he had every single one of the right answers that if he had rehearsed he had them all not yeah. locked down really really just a sharp guy and then we got to go out to the field with the national team and he looked very good can't say that he had a perfect day because he did wear down towards the end of practice yeah. and some of that is what chris was talking about after plays like pass plays that are 10, 15 yards downfield, he's running down the field to pick the guy. Like he's got 330 pound dude sprinting mm -hmm. after almost every play. Uh, he was very good in the one-on-one -on -one drills. I think I had him for one loss and, and all the rest were, were clear wins. Like it wasn't stalemates, it's wins. And that's, that's what you really want to see from yep. an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman for that matter. I thought he was very good at center. Uh, he talked to us this morning. He can play guard. He has played guard. He's willing to play guard. Uh, didn't want to play tackle. No, no. <laughs> tackle wasn't his thing. But, God, he's fast enough. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's, he's very he athletic. He, he, you know, he's trained with the Sewell family. Um, was, one of the things that I liked, um, and this wasn't in the interview we had with him, but I went into uh, the room that's right behind there, which is where they hold the press conferences, and Jim Nagy was asked about him, and he said one of the things that drew us to him was the fact that he's from Utah. He's very proudly from Utah. He grew up a Utah fan. Utah didn't offer him. So what did he do? He went to the place where he knew he could hurt Utah. He went to Oregon to shove it in their face and prove them wrong. Yeah. If that doesn't scream Detroit Lions to you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that's that chip, right? And we talked to him. We talked about it. He's like, there's not a lot. That, like, I always won. I'm a winner. Right? He didn't say it in an arrogant way. But yeah, the, <laughs> matter of fact, like he's like, I lost one Little League game. I lost one game in high school in football. And like learning how to lose is not something that I want to do. And I'm not used to it. I don't like it. And like, yeah, yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah. But that's, <laughs> I mean, answer. you talk about that and then the resilience. But I mean, the real answer is Utah didn't take me. And so how did I handle it? I got mad and I got even. I, I love that because that's what that's the kind of player he is. If he doesn't win a rep, he's going to win the next one. He's going to get mad and he's going to get even. That's the kind of guy he is. So yeah. looking looking good. Really love JPJ. You know, I had to jump out there with him. Riz, who's, who would you like to highlight next? Let's stick with the national team to start and before we ride uh, over. Just another side. guy that we talked to this morning, Quinion Mitchell. Yeah. He was really good in coverage. And this is another one where... He's generally projected to go in the like 20 to 35 range, and the Lions are sort of the, the far end of that. He can press. He can flip his hips. He's got feet. He's got greasy hips. He's, he, there's, there's a whole lot to like with him. 
He's got dog in him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I asked him who he was most willing to, who he really wanted to, to play up against, he's like, everybody, I want to dominate. I want to dominate everyone. And it was, it was a little arrogant, I'm, to be sure, but you kind of want that. Like yeah, you, yeah. you want a guy who had confidence. One of the things that really impressed me today was he got called for defensive hold on one of the early reps in one-on-ones, and he was guilty, and yep. he knew he was guilty. And he adjusted, like, okay, the ref's calling that. I can't do that. I got to change. I got to let go a little bit. He did that, like, on the fly in a matter of five to ten minutes. Like, yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. knows. He and knows. He, he, he absolutely does not lack confidence, um, does not lack swag. Yeah. He's got a little bit of attitude to him, and I mean that it's in an well. endearing way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he, uh, the hip flip is the one, you know how I, how big I am that in, yeah. in quarterbacks. That's one of the things about Darius Slay had probably the smoothest hip flip of any cornerback that I've ever really seen. You know seen what? Honestly, Quinion's game does compare to Darius. Yep. Um, they're, they're, it's not, it's not, you know, straight. It's not apples to apples, but it's, they're both fruit. Yep. You know, <laughs> apples and bananas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he, the flip on those hips is, is really, really impressive. And for a cornerback, that's, that's so important, man. And, yeah. um, just, it just, it bodes so well. And man. it was like, nice to see, cause he played at Toledo. Look, y'all know I'm a Mac guy. I'm an Ohio Bobcat. And he let me know that, that his, he didn't lose to them. <laughs> That's a nicer way to put it than I would have said. Cause he, he, he freaking faced you. <laughs> he, he wasn't particularly nice about it. That's okay. Um, you win, you get to, you get to boast like that, but uh, he just, man, he was, he was very impressive. Yeah. Very good, very good, solid prospect. If he's there at 29, you have to think that the lions are going to be interested in him. Yeah. Again, uh, I had a lot of people interacting with me on social media today. Like, who are the Lions looking at? Like, we don't know. Um, first off, they're not here. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone. I'm, um, I'm certain there's somebody here. There's some so, people here, but we haven't yeah. seen them. John Three Dorsey posts. is here. I know. Yeah, um, I, I, I said hi to John briefly today. That's all you'll ever get from John Dorsey. <laughs> um, actually, it was a little bit longer than that. I shared it with Chris, but we can't share that for public, public info. Um, but uh, there, uh, there are a couple of scouts here that I know. Um, I don't know if Ray Agnew is here or not, but like none of the coaches are here. Uh, Brad Holmes is not here. You will hear from Brad Holmes in the coming time frame from Allen Park. Yep. Um, I can't give that away. Otherwise, I lose my credentials yeah. <laughs> uh, soon. <laughs> Keep your eyes open. So, so, yeah, that's part of the thing, right? When a team goes in the playoffs like this, if you think about it, there's there's four teams that are wrapped up in, mm-hmm. in the championship games, the conference championships. Those teams are all in and all focused on those games. Yeah. Senior Bowl starts the next Monday. Yeah. If they win, they don't have they don't have reservations to come down here. No. They don't have the, those guys are not committed to coming down here because they're committed to they got to get ready for the next game. And if they lose, you see what happens. They have to clean out and close out for the year. Yeah. So they're not here. There's scouts here. There's people from the team here. Yes, uh, sir. Dorsey, like you said, um, <laughs> I can just laugh at the thing he said. Um, <laughs> but they're just ghosts yeah. right now. They're they, they're right. not talking. They're not they're not reaching out. They are just ghosts. And it's interesting. It's the thing I, th- I, I hadn't thought of doing Senior Bowl before because we were in a position two years ago where we coached Senior we Bowl because we, were, we weren't that great of a team, right? Um, it was never a con- concern about having the whole idea of the Senior Bowl and being in the playoffs at the same time. Yeah. There are four teams that are at a distinct disadvantage with this unique event mm-hmm. because of 
the, the, the way the playoffs work. And that's, it's almost like, hey, the, the worst teams, they get to coach these guys. They get a little bit of an advantage. It used to be that way. Now they mix it up a little bit. I liked it the old way better. But they get a little bit of an advantage. At the, at the bottom of the barrel of, of getting some draft information, right? Well, the guys at the top, the, the cream of the crop, they say, hey, you get a little, little bit of a handicap on this. And I, I kind of like that. It just helps with the parity league kind of situation. That yeah, and have. it's interesting because there's no top 10 picks here. Well, maybe maybe Latu is. Latu Latu from UCLA, and he was good today. Mm-hmm. Um, he will not be on the board for Detroit. Just put that out of your mind right now. Um, there's a chance he could go to Chicago, um, not with their first pick, but their second pick. Uh, they... There are Bears people everywhere here. Um, they're, I think their entire organization, their owner might actually be here. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if she was. They're very invested in it. Um, one of the things with the Lions, you know, Dan Campbell does have a fairly decent say in what the Lions are going to do in the draft. He hasn't watched a college football game yet this year. No, no. We asked him that in early December, and he's like, I watched A&M like a couple of halves as a fan, but I... Like he's not there yet, so they, I was asking as well. And there's like no, hasn't looked at anything for the draft. Hasn't yeah, so, looked at anything for the draft. So they are, um, they're behind in that. So like getting like who they might be looking at. Like we don't know that. All, all we're doing down here is evaluating who might fit, who we think would work well, who we think might not work well. Whether it's personality wise, and if you go to Dan Campbell's comments that he made in his press conference on Monday, he was very adamant. He he reiterated the no turds and no floaters policy. He did it much more diplomatically this time, <laughs> but well, because there's it's it's not turds and floaters now, right? right? It's, it's specs on the uh, like, specs on the yeah, side like, of the bowl. They have to have <laughs> they have to have talent, yeah. but if they don't fit our mindset and our mentality, and we don't see their football character, they won't be here. Nope. No matter no matter if they're the best player in the draft, if they don't fit the foot, they will not be here. Remember that in April. Remember that when I'm telling you that they're not taking Jalen Carter. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want to talk about uh, another guy. And um, where'd he go? I just had him here. I want to talk about, I want to get his numbers here. Darn it. Okay. Here we are. Um, we're still on the national team, right? Yep, yep, still national team. Uh, Ricky Pearsall from Florida. Oh. Of course, you know, I, I've got my Florida connection, right? The acceleration. Catch of the day. Yeah. At least in that practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, catch of the day and the acceleration after he caught the ball. We saw uh, on one of his reps where he just afterburnered his ass out of there. It was yep. crazy acceleration. Um, looked really, really good out there. Had some some poor throws his way. I, we can I, I, Not a lot of quarterback, like, highlights that i really so yeah so the quarterbacks on that team um are sam hartman who is the best looking person i've seen in a very long time in person he's brady quintier oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah Yeah. he's he's gorgeous yeah yeah (laughs) let's say that in a totally hetero way like he's really good looking like like wow um and bo nix and michael Penix jr are the other quarterbacks on that team (laughs) just for Penix did some things pretty well today, but he missed a couple throws low. He held the ball a little bit longer than he probably should have on a couple of throws. And again, it's one on one. Like you're not, you're not yep. throwing anybody off by making a bump fake, you know. <laughs> and he, he did that once. I'm like, uh, probably not what you want to do. Um, his footwork was pretty good, and he he had a couple of balls that sort of held up in the air. Yeah. Um, Nick's Nick's was crisper um you can tell the bonix like 
he doesn't have to think at all about his footwork, no. his release. It's natural. It's there. Yep. It's very, and it's pretty. Yeah. And he threw a couple of very nice balls, but uh, we're not we're not in a quarterback market, so we're not going to worry about that. Yeah. That, Ricky that, Pearsall, he's he's your outside guy, right? You got him at 6'1", basically about 195 pounds, 193. Um, he's a guy that I think could really fit a role for Detroit. I don't know that we're going to look for him. I don't know that we're going to pick him up, but I can yeah. see him doing well on the outside as a Reynolds replacement kind of a role, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I, Josh Reynolds is an unrestricted free agent. We don't know if he'll be back or not. Right, we'll right, see. right. Yeah. Um, he's going to be cheaper. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> and he's definitely a talented cat. Yeah, you're looking at Pierce Hall as like one of the two third round picks, maybe fourth round, fifth round pick if you want to move around a little bit. Um, I think he's going to probably test into the light, the earlier part of that, like the 75 to 100 overall range is sort of where I have a mentally ballpark now. And that, that, that could change. Like Indianapolis comes up in a month. I'll be down there for that to watch the testing. And, but uh, he, he, he did well for himself today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got, got open reliably well. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff from him. I want to, I want to just talk one more. I want to jump on somebody here. Well, not literally, but maybe uh, it's, it's the, the, the DLP charm again. Guy we talked to, um, Ricky Wilson, man, or Roman Wilson, sorry. Roman Wilson, uh, yeah, from Michigan, wide receiver. looked fast out there. He was wide open, and, and I don't know if it's a talent thing that he was playing against, but he had a couple really tight routes that he ran he really had, He had a little a little shake and go right up the seam, yeah. and uh, that was a Nick, that, that was a Hartman throw. Hartman stepped up in the pocket. He was under pressure, sidestepped a guy, and threw a dart, and Wilson caught it here at full gallop and didn't break stride as yep. he kept going um, past the defense. It was, that was nice. That, he looked good out there. He, he looked good. He I, I liked what I saw. He's a, he's a confident kid. We talked to him today. You heard a lot about who's yeah. got it better than he does. Yeah. It, nobody. That's right. I got to say, he's not, he's not Quinion Mitchell level of self-confident ebullience, but, you can tell that he knows he's good yeah. and is very confident that he'll do well in, in here. And, and we both came away very confident after watching him out. He, runs, he outperformed what I thought he would today. Uh, th- that's fair. Yeah. I think, I think the fact that he works the short routes so well, even though he's known as kind of a speed guy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he showed that off very well today. So that's good for him. And yeah. he, he, he mentioned blocking to us like, 10 times in the interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, one more kid I want to talk about. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't spend my time in the pit today. I promise I will tomorrow. But the Corley kid from Western Kentucky, the wide receiver, he was just, he just, there's, he's. What did I, what did I tell you? Who did he remind you? Who, do, who did I tell you he reminded me of Calvin. before we started watching him? Calvin. No, I'm just joking. Uh, St. Brown. Yes. <laughs> and and I saw it immediately. Saw yeah. it immediately. This kid <laughs> is really something, man. What a, a gritty Hard worker, great hands. It's like, yeah. oof, man, this is this is something, something to yeah. look at. He's, I think he's, I don't know where he is on people's radar. I don't think a lot of people are talking Western Kentucky. And, and so he got some buzz early in the season because he played exceptionally well against Ohio State, right? right and right. looked very good in that. And then Western Kentucky sort of falls off the map as mm-hmm. that level of school does. But uh, he, he's he's a good player, yeah. really good player. Um, and he's going to be one of those guys that a team drafts, and some of the fan base is like Western Kentucky, like. And then where Broderick Martin went? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a very good player. He's a, he's a day two guy, and uh, I, because he's redundant with Amonra, I don't think yeah. the Lions are going to have all that much interest in him. But you never yeah. know. Yeah, we will see what happens. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm just so high on this. There's one more guy I want to talk about, and it's uh, Marshawn Lloyd from USC, the running back, not in the market for him. 
Right. He had some amazing catches today. He's built like a bowling ball. Yes. I wouldn't think that a guy with shoulders like that could get his hands together over his head to catch a ball with a huge extension like he has. And he did it multiple times. That guy can catch a damn football. It was very reminiscent of Jamal Williams when he was in Detroit being as an outlet receiver and turning it up. He he had a good day. Um, Again, we didn't watch a lot of that. Um, My attention was primarily more on in that team on the defensive backs, wide receivers, linebackers, running backs. And, uh, um, dive in, man. I, I didn't take all the players that no, I, <laughs> no, he did not. Um, another running back. I thought the best running back there was Rasheen Ali from Marshall. Mm-hmm. He looked good. He looked really big good. guy with quick feet. Yep. Um, did a couple of sidestep moves that was like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got that. Um, that, that was nice. Uh, I think who else? I, I, I can give you someone quick. I saw a great interaction between uh, Roman Wilson and AJ Barner. Uh, Wilson uh, Barner made a catch, and Wilson was like, "There you go, Barner!" Like yelling at him on the on the. Yeah. They were in different different te- t- different groups working, yeah. but supporting his guy like that it was really good. Barner didn't have a, a spectacular blowout kind of day. It was None kind of, of average. That's actually yeah. one of the things I want to talk about. Was like uh, it's kind of nice that we don't need a good tight end. Like I came in here pretty high on the on uh, span for Minnesota, and like. Dude has no twitch. It's yeah. like watching a slimmer Michael Roberts play. Like, it just, like, my God. It, like, Brock Wright's slow motion move that he made field. That's playing speed for, or playing speed. Easy for me to say. I'm so tired. <laughs> 4 a.m. Rise and grind, baby. <laughs> for, for Brevin Span Ford. Uh, he just not, not as twitchy as I thought he would be. Not as dynamic as he thought he would be and i don't think any of the tight ends ran over 17 miles an hour um which was a little disheartening but uh by the way sam hartman was the fastest quarterback here today <laughs> that, that caught some people off guard they they have the uh the gps tracking from uh, zebra technologies and the, the things that they actually like put the pictures up of like the top three speeds at each position. And uh, Hartman was pretty handily the fastest. Now some of that Bo Nix didn't really get a chance to run today. So his top speed was only like 14 miles an hour. But, right. Uh, right. Um, yeah. Um, one of the guys on the defensive backside um, that stood out a little bit and, and not necessarily in a good way. Mm-hmm. I, hate, I hate, I hate to talk negative because like, the guys here are so positive about it, but yeah. um, and they're working hard. And, and we've yeah. seen guys have a bad day and turn it around. Like, Absolutely, Andy but, uh, Isabella was the name I was thinking of earlier. Remember that? Yes. that, that sorry, yes. we saw some body catches today. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, a lot from the tight ends. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, uh, and it's it's, it's, and, and it's it's a big guy um, who had a lot of hype um, because he was in Alabama. He's at Oregon. Kyrie Jackson. Yes, did not look good. Yes. Um, <laughs> Too long striding to handle guys who can cut. And like, I'm on, I would eat this guy for breakfast. Uh, yeah. Just, he doesn't shorten his stride well. And when he did try to do it, and there was a couple times you could see him like thinking about like, I, I got to get my, you know, get my hips a little bit tighter, get my feet a little bit more frequency. It, it just wasn't there for him. Now, maybe, maybe he'll keep on developing that, but this is a guy, I, I want to say that he's six foot three. Let me find the measurement here. Um, while I'm looking for that, I'll just say, yeah, he's six foot three, uh, and change and 203 pounds. Um, certainly looks the part, but, uh, didn't have the kind of day that I think he would have hoped for. The other ones I want to talk about are the Penn state guys that are here. Uh, Johnny Dixon and especially yeah. Kalen King, they are a walking penalty flag. Both of them. Yes. There was they got two penalties on one play. John, Johnny Dixon got called for holding 
and pass interference, separate instances on the same play. <laughs> he also got, there was one, so there's, there's, I think there's, there's four officials here on every play. Mm-hmm. There was, yep. there was one rep where Dixon went and three of them threw a flag on him. Like, like serial holding at the line and, and Kalen King wasn't much better. And Kalen King is a guy that has to play. Like it's, it's almost like he's blind and like feeling where the guy is because he's, he is, he's, he's in fact, staring at the quarterback. You could, you could see it very plainly today. He is a peaker and that's tough way to go. This is a guy that was mocked in the first round before the season by some people. I don't know if he gets drafted. Yeah. Like it's it's that rough. He had a terrible year. He is one of the worst tackling corners in college football. Don't take my word for it. Take PFF's word for it. No peaks. Or you're sitting for weeks, buddy. It's that's what happens. It's it. it I I am hopeful that the Lions don't find him very intriguing because I was re, repelled by how handsy he was. And it's and again, Joey Porter Jr., very talented player and had a good rookie year, but again crap ton of penalties and i i'd prefer somebody like quinion who knows how to adapt that's that was one of the reasons why what quinion did in adjusting stood out to me like okay i can't do that here i, I have a different way to play yeah neither yeah. of these guys appear to have that now we'll, we'll we'll keep watching that throughout the week maybe they will learn maybe they'll get some coaching from from their agents or something or the people that get to them but it, it it's troubling yeah <laughs> Um, let's move over to the American roster quick. I want right. to talk about the guy who had the non-football play of the day. Joe Milton, t- uh, Tennessee quarterback, did a. St- I mean, he's a big guy. He's, he's six five, two thirty five, and he did a standing backflip in yes. between plays on the field, and he stuck the landing. He did. I was like. Did I just see that giant of a man do that? Holy cow. That's yeah. a non-football play of the day, right? Yeah. But it was like a little it was, celebration. It was better than his football fun. plays. Yeah, for sure. We can get into that because uh, he was not at all what I expected him to be. I was looking for I'm something. I'm throwing for the ball. I'm going to throw it over there. <laughs> he throws it really hard. But yeah, yeah. This is very slow release, very deliberate stare down he does, doesn't have the anticipatory throwing down so yeah and and it didn't help that their offensive line was well let's put it this way i don't know if it was the offensive line was not great but the defensive line was that great but they just never yeah. had time like they couldn't run out of the, the backfield tack, the tack, it was a mess the, the offensive mess. tackles were okay the interior line other than um bo remmer from arkansas who i thought had a decent few reps as center the interior offensive line was losing. Um, and one of the guys that we interviewed this morning, Braden Fisk from, uh, from Florida state, a yep. couple of really like explosive reps. Yeah. Uh, and he, it, it's clear that he wins that way because one of the, one of the things that he did consistently when he explodes out, he takes such a big step with it that w- when you're recovering as an alignment and you, the guy gets into you, like you want to push out, like he's so far past them that they can't get, that leverage on him and he knows how to finish too he had had a very good day Um, we're not just saying that because we interviewed him this morning we liked him but he just magic does he he played (laughs) he played very well yeah um just to go back to the other team for a second marshawn neeland um former his former teammate at western michigan uh marshawn stayed at western uh before braden transferred to florida state also had a very good day today and he was the fastest defensive player that wasn't a a uh a cornerback yeah um, on the field today. So uh, clocked it over 18 miles an hour 
at 200 and some odd pounds. He, he is a play the run on the way to the pass type of pass rusher. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of, I, I will tell you, we, we were sitting with uh, somebody who covers the Cleveland Browns. And I, I mentioned to him, like that guy would look really good across from miles Garrett. And he basically like slobbered on me. Like, yes. <laughs> um, another guy who would probably look pretty good in Detroit, but I don't know that they're looking for that type. Brings me to another guy I want to talk about. Brandon Dorless, Oregon. A lot of buzz for this guy. He measured in at literally the exact same measurements across the board as Josh Pascal. He's one pound heavier. Other than that, they are the exact same physical sizes. Wow. I don't know that you want two of those guys because John Kaminsky's sort of in that ballpark too. And Kaminsky will be back. Pascal will absolutely be back. He is right now your starter going into next season on the opposite side from Hutchinson. I like Brandon Doris. I think he's a very good player. I don't know if the Lions want to be that redundant there. So uh, that's a guy that I, I had penciled in as somebody that might be a consideration in the second round, maybe early third round for Detroit if, if, if he was still there. And I don't know that they want to do that. I don't know that they don't. But I don't, I don't know that they do either. So that, that's one that I'm probably less shiny on than I was coming here. All right. Um, another guy we'll talk about from the American roster, um, guy from Georgia, Lad McConkie. Um, you know, I he, made plays, <laughs> he made plays, man. He made plays. He did. But I was a little, it was a little less than I wanted from him today. I was, I was a little disappointed in what I saw. Not that he was bad, but he just wasn't what I thought he should have been. Does that make sense? Yeah. He had, he had a little bit of trouble getting around jams. And, and, and yeah, he had a lot of trouble. Yeah. And, and, but the other problem, too, was, again, the line was giving up the rush so bad yeah. that the quarterbacks didn't have time to get the ball out. Um, so, so we didn't necessarily get to see yeah. what we needed to there. So not giving him yeah. a pass, but it's definitely like a pin that one up and let's take a look tomorrow and, and Thursday yeah. to see what we see. They also didn't have great quarterback play. Um, the, best, no. the best quarterback on that team is by far is Michael Pratt from Tulane, who pretty pretty good looking i compare him to kirk cousins because he sort of looks like him yep. um we got to know him a little bit in the in the mobile airport uh good very good guy um i i i like pratt um the other guys were spencer rattler and joe milton and uh carter bradley who's local here from the university of south alabama um that's i'd say that's kind of the only reason he was here he made a couple of really really late throws that got picked off um so he didn't the wide receivers on this team didn't have the, the benefit of working with Knicks and excuse me, Penix. Um, they just didn't. So and, and even Sam Hartman, I thought had his moments today. Yeah. So that that's something that you have to consider when you're going to be reading all these reports about how the wide receivers did. Uh, I will go to the offensive line a little bit. I spent this practice almost exclusively watching the pit. Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle, Oklahoma played fantastic. Uh, because one of the things that I have questions about him was, He's not a guy that always plays through the whistle, and today he was he was getting after dudes. Um, he played very well, did very well against uh, Darius Robinson from from Missouri, who's a guy that I really like and should be probably in play for the Lions. Probably thirty one twenty nine is a little early, but like you know the second round, like he tried to, he tried the Hutch spin move. Titan just waited for him. Um, he actually did the spin move too fast um, because he like, yeah. spun so fast yeah. that it didn't do anything for him. And guy was just like pushed him away. And then the the offensive line coach, I don't know who it was, was yelling at him. 
finish it, finish it, finish it. And he did. He pushed him all the way through the pile. Like people had to scatter to get out of the way for how far he was like, that was, that was cool. Uh, I don't know that the Lions are in the market for a tackle, but if he could play guard for a year, you never know because, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about, they're going to need at least one guard. Um, even, even if Jonah and Graham come back, they still need another guard. Yeah. Like they have to have a backup center guard. Yeah. Um, uh, the Skips guy is great, but he can't snap a ball. Yeah. And that's, yeah. The guy that I mentioned earlier, um, Lemmer from uh, Arkansas had a good day at that. Looking at the also the Skips is hard to throw over. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Um, uh, oh, Charles Turner uh, from from LSU. I thought he had a good day. Very aggressive in firing out. You can see him wanting to do some some power run scheme, a little bit of gap, maybe a little bit of duo. Um, very, you know when you're getting hit by him, and you you could hear the pass. He he took it to guys, um, including his own college teammate, in pass protection, and I kind of like that. Yep. Um, and I think that that's sort of what the Lions, one of the things that the Lions look for is a guy that's not just going to sit back on his heels and absorb, like be proactive, go get it. That's something that Hank Fraley talks about. That's something that the Lions do as a team very well. When you've got Panay Sewell and Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnall on your line, hell yeah, man, turn them loose, let them do it. And uh, so he fit that mold and he's the guy that you can get in day three. So I, I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, anyone else you want to talk about from the American roster? There is. I'm looking over it real quick here. Uh, 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 Tavondre Sweat probably needs to get talked about. Yeah. Texas, he's got a lot of love. Mm-hmm. I mentioned in the Slack, uh, the Patreon Slack, check it out. Best $5 you can spend a month. Absolutely. That he's a lot of, um, not, not the same player, but the same function as a guy like Andrew Billings as like a pass rushing nose tackle. Not sure there's a huge market for that. Like, he's getting mocked in the first round. I don't see it. I don't. Um, he's, he's, he's good at what he does, mm-hmm. but he's, uh, he gets compared to Dalvin Tomlinson. I think Dalvin Tomlinson coming out was a lot better than him um, in terms of, like, football polish. So we're, we're going to watch more of him, but I think I don't think you're going to take him at 29. Um, knowing this team, knowing what they look for, I don't, I don't see it. Um, maybe in the second round, and there's a chance he could be there. We tend to, as draft meeting, I'll throw my hands up here, we tend to overhype the interior often, interior defensive linemen and their ability to pass rush and do things because I don't think the NFL values it as much as college football does, and it's a lot easier to do in college than it is in the pros. Yeah. I think he's going to fall a little bit of victim to that, too. Oh, very interesting. Um, I want to pull back a little bit and talk about the two practices because they were different. They were very different. Yeah, and they were. Yes, the the, the uh, national practice was a lot more dynamic. Um, There's just a lot more going on than the American practice, and it just seemed slower, less one on ones. It just wasn't. There wasn't a lot of urgency from the coaching yeah. staff either. And again, I don't I don't know who the coaches are. I didn't pay attention no, to they that scrambled story, them. They yeah. scrambled them, and they it, did. It's like, um, yeah, I will say that the offensive line coach for the American team, and I, again, I don't know who that is. I was down where they were being coached. And I thought he was doing a pretty good job of explaining technique and how, how the team that he's from looks for things. And um, just, he gave a couple, couple little tips. Like there was one guy who his elbows were flaring out a little bit when he would get engaged and like, you can't do this. That's holding, keep your elbows in, you're better. And uh, the guy, the guy worked on it. So, you know, that that's coaching. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. 
All right. So we'll see what happens. Um, it, it was a lot easier when the coaching staffs were just named as, you know, parts of the teams and you could say, Oh God, the Jets coaching staff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't get that. And they are pretty scrambled up. So maybe we'll take a look. I'll try to look and see if there was anybody else that stood out. Um, there, uh, Jackson Sermon, uh, linebacker from California made a great interception, uh, off of the, uh, South Alabama kid. Uh, la, la, la. I didn't watch a lot of those guys. Uh, oh, uh, Where's he at? Uh, I'm trying to think of his first name. Last name was Jeremy Flax from Kentucky. He's the biggest guy here. He played pretty well today. Like he's he is six foot five and change and three hundred and sixty pounds, and he looks it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. but he has played both right tackle and left guard in college. Projects as a day three guy. Lions need depth. Like we, last year, remember we talked to Richard Gurridge from, from Florida, right. who's the guy that, and, and Richard kind of knew it. He kind of said it to us, like, I'm good being a sixth or seventh lineman. Like, I know that I can fill in multiple spots and, and I, we need to talk to Jeremy because we don't know this about him, but he fits the mold of a guy who can be your number six, number seven offensive lineman. And the Lions need that. They, they don't have a backup tackle on the roster. No nope. skipper's gone. Uh, uh, Matt Nelson is an unrestricted free agent. Like they, Connor Galvin, they signed to a, a futures contract today. Probably too tall to play in the NFL, unfortunately. Just doesn't have the leverage for it. So they, they do need that guy. So maybe they look at him on, on day three. Um, had, had, did very well when people tried to go through him. Not going through a guy who's 360 pounds. Right. Uh, and the guy from Alabama, the pass rusher, Egg Boy, <laughs> didn't have a plan. <laughs> have, have, have a pass rush plan. Because if you just try to run through that guy, he's and he did laid waste to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all right so that's i think that breaks down what we saw today in practice we practice yeah. again tomorrow tomorrow morning rise and grind crack of dawn again 4 a.m to come down and get our uh, our interviews down here we have a bunch of players we'll bring in and uh we will record those up and get them up and uh get yeah. you get you Ready to roll and uh, get your morning information out as we go off to practice. Those things will be rolling out throughout the day. And then we'll do another wrap at the end of the day to break down what we saw in practice. Absolutely. Senior Bowl. Riz, we've done it. We've closed out the day. We can shut down. We can go have dinner. We can go go eat. I can't wait to to eat. (laughs) I know I need the fuel to sleep, but (laughs) we are both on about three and a half hours of sleep and about 500 total calories today yeah. so we are we're, we're ready to roll stadium we've been up dogs, for over 12 hours <laughs> there's a lot to be said for stadium hot dogs my friend yes <laughs> yes there is all right with that we're going to close it out remember don't forget about us on patreon patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast for as little as five dollars a month you get access to the slack the most intelligent lions chat on the internet all the news info and dust goes floating around through there. Also follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, and at Jeff Risden, as you see below his head. Uh, <laughs> you get in there and you see us pants free all the time. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Because when people subscribe to the podcast, Risden does what? I get to come in your earls automatically. Oh, God, that <laughs> sounds so good. I couldn't, who who would want anything else? Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast, which is tomorrow morning. And remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, and no problems, because we got Ben Johnson, and we're your Detroit Lions, and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that, how...
big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.